Blog Talk Radio. Hi, this is Marnie Svedberg, and I welcome you to Marnie and Friends, a place where leaders share practical, helpful, and encouraging ways to get anything important done faster, better, and smarter. Right now, I encourage you to sit back, buckle up, and join us for fun, laughter, practical help, and clear thinking, the kind of discussion that focuses our attention off of the fluff and onto the most important stuff in life. Again, welcome to Marnie's Friends. Let's get going. Hey everybody, this is Marnie Swedberg. Welcome to another edition of Marnie's Friends. So happy to have you along this afternoon as well as our special guest, Georgia Schaefer of georgiaschaefer.com and that's S-H-A-F-F-E-R, georgiaschaefer.com. Today we're going to be talking about how to dump your junk and this is a great program for you during the next hour. You're going to discover how to distinguish between being just upset and loading on emotional trash. You'll find out three things that you can start doing today to clear existing emotional trash, how to evaluate your needs to differentiate between needs and wants, why that matters, and what you can do to reverse harmful tendencies, two questions that will help you overcome grudges, insecurities, hurts, or unrealistic expectations, the constructive and destructive roles of anger and how you can move toward healthy handling of yours, the importance of forgiveness as both a choice and a process, the steps to take if you are overwhelmed with emotional trash, and also the best way to minimize the likelihood, frequency, or intensity of the occasional emotional meltdown. Our guest today, Georgia Schaefer, is an award-winning author on relational issues. She's a Christian life coach, a licensed psychologist in Pennsylvania, and a professional speaker. Her her books include Taking Out Your Emotional Trash, and she's uh, here with us today from the website georgiaschaefer.com. Welcome to Georgia. Oh, thank you. Thank you for having me. Well, I'm, yeah, I'm excited to pick your brain on this topic because all of us have junk that we would like to clear <laughs> from the recesses yeah. of our brain. And sometimes it is not so recessed. Sometimes it's all-consuming and it's right in front of our face and we can't see anything but our junk. So maybe just a little background on you. Um, when did you decide to become a psychologist? What was your motivation for that? My son had lots of learning disabilities, and we just weren't getting the professional help we needed. And so that's when I went into getting my degree in psychology. Just uh, my my initial motivation was just to help others uh, with some of the issues I was dealing with. But there's so many broken people out in the world, and there's a way to heal in a healthy way. And many were like I was. I didn't have the skills. Uh, to deal with all my feelings in a healthy way because I didn't grow up learning them. And so they created a lot of pain, and then when we had all the problems with my son, it just came to a crisis. Hmm. Well, I know that we all just we all just experience this, and we're all at different levels of emotional health, um, even from day to day maybe. But then also for sure uh, we're at different levels of knowledge of how to handle it. And some of us have had parents who really did a good job training us how to do that. Other people had parents who really never touched that issue except to cause harm that way. And so it's a great topic for us to talk about. And maybe before we dive into some of the ways that you can start clearing emotional trash, how do you distinguish between, like, having a serious emotional trash cancel versus just feeling upset? Yeah, we all deal with, you know, disappointments in our life. We get hurt. We're angry about something, and and that's normal. The problem with when we're loading up on our trash is it's what we do or don't do with our hurts, our disappointments, and anger. If they're ignored or they're discounted or minimized or we try to move on, that's usually when they pile up, and that's when we're loading up. I use the term emotional trash to refer to just any negative thoughts, feelings, attitudes that we allow to accumulate. We don't uh, deal with. We ignore them. And then they cause us many oftentimes to do or say things we later regret. So how can you tell, how can you tell like in the moment if you're handling it appropriately or not? 
<laughs> Sometimes we don't have uh, the perspective, should I say. Especially our brains are set up that we process things emotionally first, and there's something called an emotional hijack where if we have really intense emotions, our brain is hijacked in the fact that it goes to the oldest part of our brain, which is created to protect us, and the blood flow literally is uh, is minimized to the frontal part of our brain, which thinks rationally. So how do we know? Well, sometimes in those first six to ten seconds, if it's a really intense emotion, we can't we can't see clearly. We don't think rationally, and it's in those points we just got to count to ten and we got to pray. But a lot of times it's just wait a minute, you know, stepping back and. You know, what's going on here? Sometimes when I get angry, for instance, I'm really hurt. And what is the cause of that hurt? I I think it's really interesting what you said right there, six to ten seconds. Maybe that's where the, the practice of counting to ten came from. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Long it takes. I've always wondered about that. And actually what I what I've what I've trained myself to do in those situations is just kick into Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. And I call that my nine one one. You know, that when I can't think clearly at all, I just am kicking into just saying Jesus' name until I have something else that can, um, you know, that can come. Like you say, you know, all of a sudden the logical side of the brain is able to, to come into play. Not that that overrides Jesus, but it is just how I've learned to deal with those first six to ten seconds is the sweetest name I know. <laughs> so that is Yeah, that's so an excellent coping style. Yeah. And understanding that we have that time of emotional hijacking. Like you said, you have already got a building, building uh, coping mechanism. Yeah, that's so cool. And and what's interesting is that the the brain, the blood flow is actually limited to the rational start uh, side of the brain during that side. I never knew that that was happening, but I can feel that happen. I can feel that I can't think logically right now, that I'm just in pain. Exactly. And it's that awareness alone that can minimize when we react during those emotional hijacking moments. Wow. Well, that's so cool. Let's talk about then three things that we can do right now, starting today, to help clear like some maybe emotional trash that's built up inside of us already and from the past. Well, first of all, be aware, like we were just talking about, be aware of those emotional hijacked moments. Be aware we all have feelings, even the most rational beings, but the feelings come, the feelings go, and so often people will make lifelong decisions based on feelings. Um, But we have to realize, A, that we have feelings, be aware of them, but also be aware the most toxic ones are the ones we ignore or don't deal with. So that's the first thing. Be aware. The second one is be committed. We have to take time to pay attention to our emotions. Sometimes we think, oh, we're too busy or we're not going to deal with it right now. But we have to have be committed to take time for self-examination and self-reflection. I'm not talking about self-focus here. This is not nasal, you know, navel-gazing. But what's bothering me? What am I still holding on to? What do I need to let go of? Is there something I can gr- I need to grieve over? And then third, mm-hmm. be consistent. My trash was picked up today. It's picked up every Wednesday. I take my physical trash out every Wednesday. Do we have consistent routines, be it in the morning, uh, journaling every mm-hmm. weekend, whatever? What are we doing to create routines to deal with these emotional issues? Oh, I love that. So let's just break this down a little bit. Let's start with the last one. So, like, for me, I have a routine. When I go to bed at night, I I actually have this little vision of myself just laying in my coffin, except that I'm really with Jesus. And so I just, every night, I just do the pre-play of seeing Jesus face-to-face, and I just say, how is it with me? And what I'm hoping for, Georgia, is, well done, my good and faithful servant. And some nights I get that. Other nights he has a few things he wants to talk to me about, about the day and you know what I just take the trash out every single night and I I just love it I always say God is the only one who can handle my junk because other people get tired of my problems they get tired of you know hearing about my 
my, you know, areas in my life where I'm still struggling after 40 years of working on it. You know, I mean, other people just get tired of it, but Jesus never does. And I love to just in with him every night in this way. So what's the way that you personally, what's a routine that you have that helps you to take out this trash before it gets built up? For me, it's I'm a morning person, and I do it every morning. When I wake up, I pray, and I journal. And, boy, my journal has become a trash can on more than one day where, you know, I just pour it out to Jesus. And the truth is sometimes we don't see our trash, and usually I ask him to show me what it is I don't see. And sometimes it's a jealousy that I minimize. But you know what? Jealousy and envy is something we need to deal with. So for me, it's in the morning on a regular basis. Well, between the two of us, we have the whole day covered then, so I think that's pretty good. <laughs> uh, and I guess I guess David did it seven times a day. You know, he went and prayed, so that's all right then. Um, when you think about time for reflection and examination, in my life, I find that there are seasons when that works really well, and there are seasons when that's much harder to do that there are seasons where I can barely find any time for that kind of quiet, alone time. Do you have any strategies for us for the really hectic seasons? Well, usually even in the most hectic time, uh, whether we're driving along instead of having the radio blaring, those are moments where we can just pray to God, what is it I need to see? Uh, Exercise. Uh, when I'm out walking, I love to walk, and that's a good time I can ask God to show me what's in my heart. The, those are places. So even in the busiest schedule, there there should be a few down moments when we're taking a shower or a bath that we can have some brief time to pay attention to our lives. Yeah, I love that. And then just also the awareness, and I've really seen I've really seen this in my life in the seasons where it is so intense that God actually carries me in a different way than he does Mm -hmm. in seasons when I have time to really sit and journal it all out and get to the bottom of it. And, you know, and I've watched other people too go through, you know, intense seasons where they didn't have time to deal with their emotions. Really. They just had to keep going and, God just gives grace in those moments, and we can trust him that he's going to take care of us and, uh, and, and get us through even the busiest seasons. Any final thoughts on that one? Well, when you were just talking about God getting us through, I thought years ago I had breast cancer and um, recurrence and was given a 2% chance. And during that time, I was in survival mode a lot of the time. You're, you were just consumed with the, uh, surviving, the dailiness of life, chemo treatments. Uh, my son was young at the time. But I find even in the most difficult times, God's really even more present and mm-hmm. Uh, I can experience this comfort in a way many times I don't experience it in the regular daily routines or the extreme busy times. Mm, So true. Yep, I just see that in my own life, and I've watched it in others as well. Well, this is Marnie Swedberg visiting today with Georgia Schaefer of georgiaschaefer.com. You spell Schaefer, S-H-A-F-S-E-R. And Georgia, G-E-O-R-G-I-A, just like the state, georgiaschafer.com. We're going to come back and talk about how to evaluate your needs to differentiate between needs and wants. And also two questions that can help you overcome grudges, insecurity, hurts, or unrealistic expectations. We will be right back. Christian Women's Events. At womensevents.info, you can find events to attend. Learn how to plan amazing events for your group or publicize your own upcoming Christian Women's Events. It's all available to you at womensevents.info. Just click your state to find all the major women's events coming to your area or type in the month and year you'd like to attend an event to see all your options nationwide. It's that easy. If you want to promote an event, just click Add Event. Event publicity is available on a per-event basis or free to members. Finally, if you want to learn how to host awesome events, retreats, and well-attended conferences, click Event Planner Training. Once again, it's available a la carte or included in the membership. It's all online and here for you 24-7 anytime you have time at womensevents.info. That's www.womensevents.info. 
You can enjoy social networking success in just 15 minutes a day. That's right. You can enjoy the benefits of social media all in 15 minutes a day using Marnie's same social networking strategies. Get your 30-page ebook free right now at www.womenspeakers.com. That's sane social networking success in 15 minutes a day from www.womenspeakers.com. Do you lead a women's Bible study or know someone who does? Check out BibleStudyExpo.com. That's www.BibleStudyExpo.com. Here you'll meet the authors of the most recently released Bible study books for women. You'll meet Liz Curtis-Higgs, Lisa Bevere, Pam Farrell, Elisa Morgan, and dozens of other Bible study book authors. Each author is given 15 minutes to share the story behind her book, her ideal audience, and a little bit about the study's format so you can decide which Bible studies you want to introduce next. It's all available to you free and online at www.biblestudyexpo.com. That's www.biblestudyexpo.com. Welcome back. This is Marnie Swedberg, and you are joining today Marnie's Friends at Blog Talk Radio, iTunes, and Stitcher, and welcome to you. Our guest today, Georgia Schaefer of georgiaschaefer.com, is sharing with us how to dump our junk, which we all need to know. So let's go ahead, Georgia, and talk about how to evaluate our needs to differentiate between needs and wants, because this is a huge issue. I mean, uh, um, I have this thing that I do. I like uh, Psalm 23, and uh, in there it says, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. (laughs) Right? So I have this little song that I sing in my head. um, If the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want for anything. If the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want for anything. So why do I want to, 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 want for everything? And I go on and on and on like that. Because, you know, we have this thing inside of us that we just want and want. We're we're bottomless. Yeah, yeah, bottomless pit. So how do we differentiate between our wants and our needs? Because you know, if we were to, you know, set our life next up to someone who lives in maybe a um, dump village in India, um, we would probably say we don't need as much as we think we need. Yeah, yeah, and and. Uh, Sometimes it's those desires, things that we want. There's absolutely nothing wrong with them. Like I might desire my husband help me for two hours on Saturday to clean the rec room or something like that. And that's a legitimate desire. The problem is when we think we need it, and if we don't get it, we're going to punish that person in our life. And so it's that looking at our desires, what we expect, because our expectations, our desires, our wants, there's a sense of entitlement underneath them, unless, like you said, we're living in a a poverty area, then we realize what we definitely do have. So we have to pay attention to those desires expectations and wants and make sure they're not getting distorted into things we think we absolutely need Mm. because once we you know i'm thinking about what we're talking about today and how this relates to junk because what it does is it actually creates emotional junk to have these unmet expectations that are not being dealt with it's actually one of my three most hated phrases in the in the language is unmet expectations. I hate that phrase. <laughs> really? Yeah, because I think unmet expectations is one of the it's one of the places where we get really um, out of sorts. You know, you think about a woman expecting a baby and she has a miscarriage, or you know, and and there's just there's just so much grief that comes with an unmet expectation. You know, and oh yeah, and of course it's less traumatic than that when our husband doesn't help us clean the rec room, obviously. But at the same time, there is a grief that actually happens when we've hoped or expected something that we don't get. Uh, yeah, absolutely. And what it does is it plunges us into this downward cycle that looks like, well, I desire becomes, well, I need, and then if 
you know, whether we demand from God or the people in our lives, we demand that they somehow fulfill our desires. James 4 uh, verses 1 and 2 says, what causes, what causes fights and quarrels among you? Don't they come from your desires that battle within you? You want something, you don't get it. And, and yeah, it causes all kinds of problems. And so then we go in this downward cycle of discouragement, despair, hopelessness, whatever it is. And that downward cycle alone gets us into all kinds of trouble. Now, we can reverse it by, first of all, being grateful for what we do have, paying attention to when one of these wants, uh, unmet needs, so to speak, become something we feel we need. And then we have to grieve, like you used the example of not having a child. That's a huge loss, a loss of a dream, a loss of something we want. And so then we have to grieve over that so that we can embrace uh, what what is in our life right now. Hmm. So as you as you think about reversing it then, uh, you know, the attitude of gratitude has been just um, the best <laughs> for me. Just to, you know, I hear people sometimes say it could be worse. And, of course, that is a strategy to say it could be worse. But actually there's a perception thing that's happening there when you're going there, when you're saying, you know, I still have much to be grateful for. Um, it's the positive aspect of the it could be worse scenario. Just speak to that for a moment. Well, I think when people are really hurting, and it could be something like a shattered dream, saying it could be worse minimizes the pain they're experiencing. And I think it is true that when you have uh, something that you hope for or dream for that doesn't happen, that we be careful we don't minimize it or we don't mm-hmm. compare, well, look at so-and-so and what they're dealing with. Uh, So I'm not saying ignore that pain. I'm not saying minimize it. I'm just saying you got to get to the point where you can, with open hands, say, God, this is what I I would like, but I will accept what you bring into my life. And and that's a process to get there. We don't get there overnight, Uh, even if it's something as simple as cleaning the rec room. (laughs) You know, we got to, you know, why is that important to me? Why do I think I need that? What's the reality? Uh, You know, I have a husband who's very loving or whatever you're grateful for. Because brain science shows us when we get in that negative cycle, that downward cycle, that's actually toxic. That causes inflammation in our body. When we get into that upward cycle of being grateful, even if it's, simple things like we take for granted, like I can see, I can walk. I have a car with four tires on them. Uh, That puts us in an upward positive cycle and creates healing in our body. Absolutely. You know, when you're talking here, I'm thinking about in in my new book, uh, Flow Through Vessel, I talk about the four R's, where you recognize you've got a problem, you release it to God, you receive whatever he wants to give you, and then you respond with a thank you, what can I do for you today? Now, the the release is what we really struggle with um, when we're dealing with an emotional trauma, um, a disappointment, um, and, you know, something that an unmet expectation. It's really tough to release it. Sometimes that's the hardest part, but it's also hard to pause long enough to receive something to replace it. A lot of times we just want to run past that and just, go, you know, get busy solving our problem oh. or whatever. And God, God wants us to just sit down for a little bit and listen. Yeah, it's a real struggle to live with that tension of having these desires or unmet um, dreams without demanding that God or somebody else meet them. That's That's hard to say at the one hand, this is what I would like, but I'm not getting this so... How do I accept where I am without becoming resigned? This is my life. I might as well get used to it. There's a huge difference there, isn't there, between actually being grateful for what God has chosen to give you versus being resigned and just um, tolerating tolerating your circumstances. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and a lot of times we don't get there overnight. It's a real process. I was thinking of the word faith as you were talking earlier because, 
you know, it, it takes space to put what you want in an open hand. And, you know, I mean, really honestly, somebody can come along and just squash it then. If you aren't protecting it with a closed fist, um, you know, then it's just, it's out there. You're vulnerable. You have to have faith in God that he's as good as he says he is, or you will never allow him to choose for you. You will always be in this situation where you're being disappointed constantly because you're yeah. always holding on to what you want. Yeah. It's it's not a fun place to live, but I think it's where most of us naturally live. Yeah, and if we don't live there, if we're not willing to live with that tension and that discomfort and move to that place of acceptance, we'll do what you said earlier. We'll get busy. We'll use the computer, Internet, Facebook, drugs, alcohol, whatever, to numb that pain. Mm-hmm. So one of the things that happens to a lot of us is that we have smashed down deep inside of us hurts or unmet expectations or even um, insecurities or grudges that have come about due to things that we felt like were wronged, um, we were wronged about. Um, so what do we what do we do with those? Well, uh, sometimes we need professional help. We need to talk to a counselor if it's something we'll held on to. If we held on to it for years and years, it might be a deep bitterness or resentment. And sometimes our close friends, if we have people that we can trust, will help us, listen to us. It's like you talked about earlier. They don't want to hear day after day, week after week. But do we have some safe friends that we can talk some of these things through uh, and work on them? And the, the deeper they are, the longer it takes to work through that process. But we're... If we don't deal with them, we're going to carry them around. Our heart's going to become heavier and heavier. And mm-hmm. so, yeah, it's it's being purposeful and intentional uh, to look at them and what can we do with them so that we can let go of them. You actually have two questions that you like to use with people. Would you share those with us? Yeah, I think a lot of times if we're not paying attention or even if we are, it helps to do a personal inventory and just say, all right, Georgia, compared to three months ago, a month ago, would you say your heart's growing heavier? Would you say you're more weighed down with some resentments and hurts? Um, Or would you say you're... It's about the same or you're even lighter. So take that inventory because if you're not looking, if you're not saying, well, you know what, I'm feeling heavier. Uh, there must be something I'm dealing with right now. And sometimes we can't see it. Uh, we just know we're feeling heavier. We're feeling more discouraged. We're feeling almost in despair or depressed. But we're not sure what it is. And it's that time of prayer, reading scripture, talking to a close friend, that many times people will help us see what it is we're not seeing. And then um, if you are feeling heavier and you are trapped in that downward cycle, then it get back, gets back to what we were talking about earlier. You know, what am I meditating on a loving God? How am I seeing God? Because if I'm seeing God as deep down inside as someone who really is out to get me and punish me, then that's that's not healthy. Or do I see God as a loving God? And even though I don't like where I am right now, how is this the best for me? Maybe I can't see it right now, but God, I'm going to trust you that it's this is the best. And so help me start um, seeing how this can be the best for me. And many times after a period of time, we can start to see things. But usually, even in the worst situations, when my life was threatened, there were so many things I did have to be grateful for. Friends who reached out to me, people who prayed for me, people who brought meals, people who took my son to the movies or did things I couldn't do for them. So those are some of the questions we want to ask ourselves. I love it. Well, this is Marnie Sledberg visiting today with Georgia Schaefer. We're going to come right back and talk about the constructive and destructive roles of anger and also the importance of forgiveness. We'll be right back. 
WomenSpeakers.com is the largest online directory of Christian women speakers in the world, featuring over 1,700 women speakers from every experience level, denomination, and fee range, some near you. Visit WomenSpeakers.com to find the perfect speaker for your next event or to get training to be a speaker, author, or media personality. All training and connections occur online anytime you have time. Find a speaker, add a speaker, or become a speaker at www.womenspeakers.com. Are you enjoying every single bite eating with God? If not, visit www.eatingwithgod.com. That's eatingwithgod.com. Discover the easiest, most enjoyable way to move from where you are with food today to where God wants you to be in His perfect time and way. There are free daily bite recordings available to you at www.eatingwithgod.com or you can purchase the entire set of Daily Bites, 31 individual daily MP3 words of encouragement, plus the book, Gasping for Grace, 31 daily devotionals for discouraged dieters. To start moving towards your God-given ideal weight, visit www.eatingwithgod.com. That's www.eatingwithgod.com. Online training, instant access, increase your skills in the minutes you have. Right now at WomenSpeakers.com, you can take it to the next level with online training including specific instructions, tips, and strategies to increase your knowledge, skill sets, and earning potential as an author, speaker, media guest, manager, women's ministry leader, or event planner. Pick your area of interest and get going today. The training sets at WomenSpeakers.com include over 24 modules, each 60 minutes long, focusing on practical, doable, and easy-to-implement next steps in your particular field of interest. You can purchase each set individually or join to gain instant and ongoing access to them all for one low price. Get online training today at WomenSpeakers.com. That's www.WomenSpeakers.com. Welcome back. This is Marnie with our guest today, Georgia Schaefer of GeorgiaSchaefer.com. We're talking about how to dump your junk, and right now we're going to discuss the constructive and destructive roles of anger. Um, Georgia, I think probably among all of the things that cause us sadness is when we erupt in anger when we wish we could control that. (laughs) So maybe let's just talk about that for a little while. Yeah. Yeah, anger is an energy. There's nothing wrong with that feeling or emotion. But like you said, it's when we react to it rather than respond. I think we need to understand a couple things around anger. First of all, it's a it's a valid emotion, but it needs to be channeled. It's an energy in the right direction at the right time. And many people think destructive anger. They think of physical abuse, verbal abuse. But there's also the face of anger that's destructive, like giving people the silent treatment, saying, well, you know, I'm not angry, but then I just don't talk to you for a while. Or maybe I don't think I'm angry, but I deliver these little zingers, these sarcastic comments and critical comments, and then say something like, well, so I'm saying this for your own good. Or maybe we we're talk we talk to the person and we don't deliver those sarcastic remarks, but we withhold something. For instance, one woman says, I know when my hung- husband's angry because he just won't do whatever I ask, like change the light bulb on my taillight or something. So we withhold our affection, our time, or our attention. These are all destructive forms of anger. And we have to recognize that. I'll talk about constructive, but you might have a comment there before I go on. Well, I don't know. I mean, I just, I just am glad that you identified some of those out because you're right. A lot of times we're just talking in our heads. We think anger is limited to the rage, you know, to yeah. the outburst. But there's a lot of ways here, you know, that we can see. You know, there's just little ways too that we have to call that anger as well. Absolutely. Yeah, one woman said, oh, I I never realized I got angry, but she said, I just don't talk to my husband or my son when I'm upset with them. Well, again, it's that's being aware of our feelings. She was angry. She just didn't admit that that's the way it was 
seeping, seeping, I should say, out. But then what are our constructive expressions? Well, sometimes when I'm really angry and I don't know what to do, just simple exercising. Some people clean the house. Some people like to bake and knead the dough. Uh, journaling, I mentioned earlier, more than one day, I just poured out the, that anger on the pages of my journal. Talking to a safe friend, a counselor, somebody that will help us see the truth of our situation and our feelings. Sometimes writing a wrong. The mother of Cindy Leitner, uh, Mayette, Mothers of, um, Against Drunk Drivers, right. her, her daughter was re, uh, killed by a repeated offender, somebody who had been had a conviction earlier. So she took that, and she worked to get legislation um, against repeated offenders. Then there's, you know, addressing a relational issue. Sometimes just that anger just says, you know what, I need to deal with this. I need to get some perspective. I need to set, step back, but then I also need to uh, deal with this issue. Hmm. I still remember um, earlier when uh, PMS was a huge issue in our relationship, my husband and I, because every month I would have up to 10 days where I just saw oh. the world through very black lenses. It was very difficult. And I could just be happy, just my happy, normal self, and all of a sudden I would get a, I remember the one day I understood just how intense it was. I had I, I was on a walk, and I realized that in my head I was thinking about how I could kill Dave. <laughs> Oh, okay. As I was walking, I know, as I was walking, thinking murderous thoughts about this man, I I just had this awareness that it was the first thing, it was like 6.30 in the morning, I hadn't talked to him yet, he was still sleeping, and the night before, we were good friends when we went to bed, and so I realized that something was just changing inside of my mind, nothing was changing on the outside, but it was changing inside of my mind. But what happened during those PMS periods is that things that I normally would tolerate and just, you know, grace would cover and we'd just go past it and they bothered me, but I just wouldn't deal with them. During PMS time, they would more more bother me. They would come to the surface. I wouldn't be able to handle them as well. And I remember Dave's gracious response one time. I was so sad about being so <laughs> negative. And uh, he said, you know, he said, Sometimes it's really good for us to see these things because otherwise you would just never mention them. You would just bear the burden of these things that bothered you. But this once-a-month thing allows us to see some of these things and deal with them. Wow. I can't even tell you how gracious that felt to me and how amazing it was that he could look at it that way because from my perspective, it was only a negative. But, But sometimes bringing those things to the surface and dealing with them is the best thing you can do. Oh, that's huge. Yeah, he saw the positive and said, oh, this gives us a chance to look at these things and talk about them. Right. That right. So constru- absolutely. The constructive the constructive anger where it, it actually bubbles something to the surface and you can do something about it. Now, obviously, when we're doing these things, um, it's easy for us to uh, channel anger, but still have kind of, even though we're doing something positive about it, we're still holding on to the junk of it, the unforgiveness or the sense of um, loss in a bad way. Maybe just talk about that for a few minutes. How do we actually move past the unforgiveness and get into some healing there? Oh, that's that's a tough one, especially when the offense, if it was something horrific. But um, I think it's helpful first to have a clear picture of what forgiveness is and isn't. And it's really a choice we make, a decision. It's not a feeling because there are situations when we will never feel like forgiving. And that's just the absolute choice. And so we have to make that, that decision that, you know what, going to be best for me i've been called by god to do this i need to forgive but if we stop there if we just say okay i made the choice i say the words i've forgiven this person that's just an intellectual thing and we really haven't got underneath the surface as you were talking about and so the next step is you make the choice but then you got to work 
through all those feelings. You got to process the feelings of betrayal, the feelings of hurt or sadness, whatever it is. And so that's work that doesn't happen overnight. I've known people that depending on what the the issue was, it can take them months, years. It's not unusual to take years. I know one young girl, her uh, father physically abused her. And she was in a study group I was in, and she was intentionally working through it. She was seeing a professional counselor. She was dealing with all the the feelings of not having the childhood that she wanted, uh, that her father didn't protect her and care for her, that she, she only felt lovable, only part of her was lovable. All those issues, and I remember at one point, and we were all praying for her. It was months, and she said, will I ever, ever get to the point that I have really let go of this and forgiven? And she did, but it took a long time. And just watching her just reminded me, again, this is not an overnight process for a lot of people. And we have to understand that because many times we get impatient with ourselves or impatient with others if they haven't worked through it. Right, and I, I just think I used a, you know, I used the analogy of like a, a strands of pasta, and if you have this humongous fistful of pasta, you cannot break it. But if you take it down to a manageable size, then you can break it, and then you can break a little bit more, and then you can break a little bit more. And what we tend to think is that once we forgive or once we do something, that then we're done. But we find that there's more underneath the surface there, and I think that's where the shock comes in is that we really thought we forgave. We really meant to, and we really thought we did. And then those feelings bubble to the surface under a different situation, whatever, and it surprises us and we think, well, maybe I didn't forgive. But to me, it seems like you did. You forgave at the level you could see, and now you're at a different level of, you know, whatever, you know, you think of the layers of the earth or whatever, you're at a different level of emotion, and all of a sudden you realize there's unforgiveness at this level also that I have to that I have to work through. Yeah, forgiveness is lots of little forgivenesses along the way, and you're right. Something will trigger it. You've you've worked through that level, and then something, a sound of music, a picture, something someone says, triggers it, and guess what? you got a whole other issue to do. Another analogy I use is like a shaking a bottle of soda. If I take a, a mm-hmm. bottle of Coke and I shake it up and I hand it to you and say, open it, it would be like, no, I'm not opening this. I open this, you know, it's going to explode everywhere. And but if but if I say, well, you need to open it, you might very carefully twist it ever so slightly and let a little bit of the fizz out and then close it. And if you work on that, that pain, whatever that feeling is, a little bit mm. and then close it uh Eventually, you can open up that bottle of soda. And so if we try to deal with it all at once, all those feelings at once, we're going to have a big mess. But if little by little we work through it, then we can safely get to the point where we can let go. Mm, Love that. I also think, too, about how God forgives. And, you know, it says that he forgives, and it's as far as the east is from the rest. But um, God is not dumb, and he can read. And so, for example, David's sin of um, of uh, killing Bathsheba's husband or having an affair with her. And God has not, like, forgotten those things. He just chooses to not bring them up to David in a judgmental or hurtful way anymore. He just chooses to not uh, focus on those anymore. That's a choice. And that's I think that's confusing for people, too. They think they should forget about what the person did. But I don't think that that's the same thing as what the Bible's talking about that God does. God just, God, as if he forgets, he will not bring them up to abuse us and to hold right. them over our heads. Yeah. And, yeah, yeah, and sometimes think, it's oh, not okay. healthy to forget. Like oh, if right. somebody's abusing me, do I need to put myself in a harmful position again with that person? Right, just because I've forgiven. Right, exactly. Yeah. No, you you don't. Right, exactly. And I think, you know, it's like it's like having a scar versus having an open wound. That's the difference. 
if it's yeah. still extremely painful for you every time that it gets brushed, uh, then you know that there's still more work to do there. But if you just remember the pain, uh, but it's a wound that's covered over, that's all healed up, you just have the scar of it, um, that's actually beautiful, and that's, that's God-honoring, and that's not a problem. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. Mm. Well, this is Marnie Swedberg visiting today with Georgia Schaefer. Her website is georgiaschaefer.com. Schaefer spelled S-H-A-F-F-E-R, georgiaschaefer.com. We're going to come back and talk about the steps to take if you feel overwhelmed with emotional trash and also the best way to minimize the likelihood, frequency, or intensity of the occasional emotional meltdown. We'll be right back. A college diploma can double your income potential, but take three to five years, over $30,000 to acquire. If you have six hours, yep, just six hours, you can increase your earning potential, success rate, and delight in life. Check out the Success Principles Intensive Coach Certification Program today at womenspeakers.com. Even just one aha moment can change the direction of your life and future. Look into the Success Principles Intensive Coach Certification Program today at womenspeakers.com under the training tab. Money troubles got you down? Visit www.godlywealth.com to discover the fastest way to financial peace. You'll gain perspective, biblical training, and clear direction to help you move from terrified to triumphant. It's all free and available to you online at www.godlywealth.com. Not only will you learn a balanced, godly perspective about money, but you'll also enjoy scripture set to music, a wealth roster worksheet, and much more, all free and online at www.godlywealth.com. That's www.godlywealth.com. Do you have a habit you can't seem to break? Or maybe you have a big project that you just can't get yourself to do. What you need is a 21-day win. 21-day wins include a workbook, a weekly group coaching session with Marnie, plus a private Facebook accountability group. You'll get clear instructions, mastery training, and practical support to help you reach your desired goal in just 21 days. Previous participants have quit smoking, completed manuscripts, and so much more. To join the next 21-Day Win with Marnie, visit www.21daywins.com. Break a habit or complete a project in just 21 days. Money back guaranteed. Check it out now at www.21daywins.com. Welcome back. This is Marnie, and we're talking today about how to dump our junk, and our guest today is Georgia Schaefer. Georgia, let's talk about uh, what to do if you feel completely overwhelmed, like uh, if you're looking at your life and all you see is junk. Yeah, well, you know, that's normal. Many of us, if especially if we've ignored stuff for a long time, it's piled up. Or the other thing is, many times, uh, you know, it's the old when it rains, it pours kinds of things. They have one loss after another, dealing with one difficult situation with another. And, and they just feel stuck. So we all get stuck at one point or another. And so what do we do about that? Well, the story I like to tell is this was several years ago, but I had gone through a divorce, and I think I held on to everything of my physical possessions uh, because of the other losses I had. I'm not sure of all the reasons, but it got to the point that my two-car garage could barely fit one car in. And so I made the decision, I'm going to clean this out. But making that choice, and actually starting the project were two different things because I was totally overwhelmed. I was paralyzed by the enormity of the task, and it just seemed impossible to me. And I remember more than once I'd go downstairs, I'd go out to my garage, and it was like I didn't know where to start. And one friend said, well, just start in a corner. And somebody else said, well, just take a box. But even that was too much. What I had to do was I had to take one item at a time. And I had to look at it, pick it up, whatever, and decide, am I going to keep it? Am I going to throw it away? Am I going to give it away? And so at first, that's all I did. I My goal was to deal with one item at a time. And then after a while, I had a corner cleaned out. 
And then I started seeing progress, and, I, you know, I got more energy. And I remember at one point a friend came over, and she helped me, and I made further progress. And eventually, and I'm here to tell you, it honestly took months, but the transformation was amazing. I mean, I not only had more space, uh, but I had more energy, more joy. I really did. It's amazing how our physical environment affects us emotionally. And I had more money because I knew what I had and where it was. But I just say it's like your pasta analogy. If someone feels stuck and they feel overwhelmed and they don't even know where to begin, focus on one issue, one thing. And if you need help, all of us need help from time to time, seek help of a friend. Again, a counselor, somebody who will who will keep you on the truth, uh, God's truth, and give you their perspective, a godly, wise perspective, not tell you what you want to hear. And slowly but surely you can get to that point uh, where you can have more energy, more joy. I love that analogy, and it's just so um... – it's just so comforting to know that that's how God made us. It doesn't surprise him at all that we have to do these things in stages. He's not upset yeah. with us that we can't just master it all today because we have an awareness now that we're in trouble. <laughs> you know? yeah. And uh, he's, just, he's just really all about the process. He's about the journey. And he, he wants to walk through it all with us, not necessarily fly us over the top of it all just to get to the other side. Uh, yeah. Talk about that. How do you how do you be okay with the journey? Because I think that really is disheartening for so many people. Oh, it is. Oh, I've had moments where I'm impatient with myself. Not only do the people in my life want it over and done with, but I want it <laughs> right. over and and finished. Right. Uh, yeah, I can remember in dating relationships, the pain, the shattered dreams of a dating relationship. And I I wanted it over and done with and moved on. But, again, I had to work through those feelings. I would say one of the ways I found was helpful is I had to purposely have times where I distracted myself, where I did something that maybe, if the pain was really great, didn't bring me joy, but at least brought me a sense of relief. And for me, that's God's creation. When I went out in the, my garden or took a walk or visited other gardens, even if it was temporarily, I, it was a sense of relief, a sense of hope, a sense of replenishment. And then I, at some point, had to go back and face the reality of my life, the pain, and all those emotions that come with it. And it was that alternating back and forth, if I stayed in the pain and the sadness and the feelings of betrayal or whatever the issues were, that's where I could get stuck. And I think that's where we make this mistake. We either tend to sort of waddle, getting stuck in the rut of pain, or what we talked about earlier, we distract ourselves and we get busy. When the healthiest way is to have times where we have healthy distractions, things that are good for us, things that give us reminders of hope. For me, a lot of times it was also listening to healthy messages, you know, uplifting messages, watching a positive movie. And then we have times where we confront the pain. If we, if we need to cry, we cry, whatever it is. But working back and forth, slowly we can get to that point. So I think it's it's that that has helped me in the past work through that process. Yeah, so important, so important to realize that it is, instead of a straight line from where you are to where you want to be, it's going to be kind of a windy path. <laughs> Just have yeah. to accept that that's the fact of it. Um, you know, we none of us like to have an emotional meltdown ever, ever, ever. They're no fun, and sometimes they're embarrassing. Sometimes they, sometimes we say things we wish we wouldn't have said like that. But is there a way to minimize those? Yeah, again, it's being aware of your feelings, and if you and I have done this more than once. Um, somebody will say something that'll hurt me, and I'll think it's no big deal. You need to forgive and move on. Well, no, first I have, there's part of me <laughs> that's in pain, and I have to recognize that pain. So it's saying, no, I was hurt by that, and that's okay. And look at that and, and work through it, talk about it, pray about it, whatever. 
but but realize if I do continue to ignore it, which sometimes I want to do and minimize it, that at some point it's going to catch up with me. And uh, so it's that continual taking out the trash we talked about, maintaining those routines, asking ourselves on an ongoing basis, how am I doing my relationships with other people? And if we find that we think everybody around us is angry, well, maybe it's we're the ones who are angry mm-hmm. and uh, we're projecting it on others. Would you say you're constantly reacting or responding? You know, what's going on? What are your desires that we talked about earlier? Um Are you protecting yourself? Are you doing self-care? And what I mean about that is are you getting enough sleep and rest and exercise, or are you trying to live beyond your limitations, which we as women especially try to do? Because just getting sleep – go ahead. No, I just I just agree with you so much. In fact, I do this thing in the fall called the the, uh, Hassle-Free Holiday Boot Camp, and it's a planning boot camp, and what it does is it allows women to do enough self-care and pre-planning so they don't have the predictable physical and emotional breakdown right at the holiday season because a lot of times gals will just push so hard all the way, and then they get to the big day, Thanksgiving or Christmas, and they have a meltdown in front of their kids and their husband and their extended family, and they feel so bad about that later. But it's predictable if we don't take care of ourselves earlier on, we can expect that. I just so agree with what you're saying here. Georgia, we just have a couple minutes left, and I want to make sure that we have time for people to know how to get a hold of you. If they if they do feel like, I have too much, I need somebody to help me. If they go over to georgiashafer.com, and again, that's Georgia, and then S-H-A-F-F-E-R.com, what are they going to find over there? Well, I have a free self-assessment. They might be listening to this interview and thinking, well, I wonder how I am doing. Uh, dealing with my emotional junk. So there's a dump your junk self-assessment, and you can take that. It's free. It's at georgiaschafer.com. Then go to free resources and take the assessment. And and just look at yourself. How are you doing? Uh, Because, uh, and I have different uh, things, how we handle, you know, stress differently, adversity differently, how the different personalities. So I have several free resources. I talk about, I have a coaching page that talks about my coaching um, services that help people accelerate through this. We can't move it too quickly. As we said, it's a process, but how can we be more intentional about it? But I just want to say that, you know, we got to remember Christ is the manager. He's the master of waste management. And we got to make sure that we take it to him. We ask him, what do we need to recycle? What do we need to get rid of? Uh, because he can make something beautiful out of the the worst feelings and emotions that we have. Oh, I so agree. In fact, several years ago, I went through a period of time where I just was struggling, and I decided that I would say this every morning, and I still just believe this every day, that I will not get out of bed today except that I know that God is going to take my mistakes, my missteps, and my misspoken words, and he's going to turn them into beautiful flower gardens. And I have this Aww. picture, Georgia, of giving him all my manure <laughs> and having him turn it into beautiful garden of flowers because that's what happens with manure when you use it properly. And uh, I just love the comfort of knowing that. Real quickly, we're right at the end here. Do you have a favorite Bible verse? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I have uh, Psalm 32.8 where he uh, says, I will instruct you and teach you in the way you will go. I will counsel you and watch over you. So we don't have to worry, like you said, about these misspoken words. He'll instruct us and teach us the next step. Uh, He will counsel us and watch over us. Mm, I love that. Well, thank you so much for being with us today. Oh, thank you for having me. And you all, thank you for being here today. We can't have a show without listeners, and I'm always so grateful that you all show up live and put us on the front page of Blog Talk Radio and then listen later over at iTunes and Stitcher and around the web and at the uh, boxes on any page. If you want to have a radio box on your website, just go to Blog Talk Radio and download the little uh, icon thing that you can put on your page and other people can listen in too. Have a wonderful day. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye. 